Good evening and welcome to tonight's show from DJN TV, Disc Jockey News TV. Tonight's show is brought to you by Electra Voice, DJ Event Planner, DJ Trivia, Odyssey Innovative Designs and Cases, NLFX Professional, Promo Only, and the DJ and TV Insiders. He is an avid music maker and DJ with a creative mind that never settles, appreciating all kinds of music and collaborating with other artists. His productions can range from upbeat vocal house to dark tech house or even jackin' if he's feeling in the mood. He supports acts Sleepy Tom, Kill Paris, Croatia Squad, Project 46, and so many more. In this interview, we chat his process in the studio, the habits for success he has built for himself, and what he does outside of music in turn, helping him become highly productive in his career. Today I'm chatting with Shane Patrick Riley. Shane, thank you so much for joining us here on the DJ Spotlight today. Thank you. Yes, of course. Uh, so let's jump into it. Paint us a picture. What was the early beginnings of your career? What did they look like? Um, so I've actually been doing this for quite a while. Um, I got into making music before I got into DJing, um, but I guess like the early, early start was probably, it's basically been my whole life. I've always been kind of musical. I've, uh, like played piano when I was really young. Um, I was really bad at it. Then I was in uh, high school and I picked up guitar, kind of typical. Um, so I was like guitar player into like classic rock and, uh, Definitely had like a high school band and we kind of did all that. Um, dance music was kind of more when I was in university. Um, I kind of uh, like, I think my buddy showed me a mix before and it was his brother's mix. And I was like, oh, cool. And he's like, oh, my brother made this. And I was like, oh, sweet. Like thinking he made all the songs, but he just kind of made a mix. So I was like, oh, cool. So then I kind of like was like, oh, I want to make music too. Um, so then I started getting into like Fruity Loops and kind of was like making really simple beats, I guess. And uh, I started DJing and through uh, college, I was just like doing house parties and stuff. And that was really cool. Um, but then I was like, kind of introduced to a couple of people that were doing like underground kind of raves. And so I would just be that kind of like 19 year old kid that would show up to these raves and I would just kind of like hang out. And eventually the people that were throwing them on kind of got to know me and I was just kind of like, Hey, this is cool. And they seen my passion. And I was like, kind of want to do this. So uh, they kind of started showing me and that was, um, I was back in Prince George. And it was uh, Outlet Records. So these guys were also making tr like tracks and stuff. So they kind of introduced me to Ableton and it kind of just like took off from there. And yeah, and then, so I was doing that with them. And then I met up with uh, my best friend now, uh, Jimmy Smith. He was doing kind of the same thing, but he was doing his own thing. And we were 
both going to the same university. And uh, it was like, hey, let's do a party together. So we started throwing college parties. And that's kind of how it started. And then we were doing uh, basically every weekend, we were doing stuff at the nightclub at the time, throwing these like massive college parties, tons of fun. Um, and then we kind of expanded. We started up like an event company, Focus Events, kind of started doing our own little thing. And eventually we're like, okay, time to make a move. So I moved to Vancouver and here I am today. I think that's basically how it all started. So I love how you mentioned how when you first heard that mixtape, you're like, oh yeah, I guess they made all that music. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. I was like, wow, like he made all this stuff. That's yeah. amazing. So I, I feel like that's familiar. I feel like a lot of people end up doing that when they hear uh, a DJ mix. They're like, oh, you made all of this? Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. But you took it on another level and then started making your own music. I love that you were picking up a bunch of different instruments as well. Um, so I actually heard about you through like Shepherd Recordings and Civs. And I'm super curious about how you met Jamie and started working with them. But I'm also curious about what that experience working uh, with them has been like. Um, so I met Jamie actually through Civs. Um, when I kind of first moved to Vancouver, um, I can't remember exactly how I met Civs, but it was kind of through like the beginnings things she was throwing on and I kind of just hit her up and immediately we just became like good friends and we started making a track together I was the we moving track and she's like oh I want to release this and I was like okay and she's like I'm gonna send it to Shepherd Records and uh, I was like great do it and she did and then that's kind of how I met Jamie and uh, kind of just took off from there and uh, yeah, I got a few releases under him and through that I've met like so many other people in the scene. Kind of you, you meet one person and then they connect you to everyone else, you know, and like that kind of expands over here and then you meet someone else and you know people from all over the country basically. Like Shepherd Records, I know guys in Seattle now, I know guys in Whistler, I know guys in Calgary, so Yeah. I, uh, I think that's how I heard about Average Gypsy as well through the record label. I'm like out here in Winnipeg and I feel like I know more DJs in BC than I do in my own uh, city. It's kind of hilarious. Um, so before we jump into the super techie side, sure. I, would, I would love to hear your thoughts in on hustling in big cities because you live in a pretty big city. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I know I've talked to a lot of artists where they're hustling within their own city and they're like, you know what? I would be so much bigger if I could move out to this city with all these different opportunities. What do you think that they should know before they make a big move like that? Um, I don't know. It's, it's, I, there's some things that are like, I think moving out to somewhere new is really beneficial. Um, the biggest thing for that is the connections. Obviously you're kind of in a scene and you get to meet people you wouldn't really meet otherwise. Um, but it, it kind of helps, um, in a lot of small ways, um, to get 
hustling in a big city, this always worked for me was just be consistent and support the scene. Um, so like how I was explaining how I got started is I just like went to this one group of guys that were thrown on parties and I just kept going and supporting them. And basically I, you know, became friends with them and like got connected. And it's the same kind of scenario when I moved here. It's just like, I was like, okay, like this is kind of, I like house music and these guys are doing this. So I'm going to go show up. And then I just repeatedly showed up. Eventually they kind of, you get people start recognizing you and you, kind of meet this person, this person. And next thing you know, it's like you meet everyone, you become friends and that's when opportunities get handed to you. So I would say that's how you do it. And I, I like what you're saying here because it's not just supporting, but it sounds like authentic connections. Like you said, like oh, yeah. start building friendships because sometimes you hear um, artists complain like, I don't want to be kissing a bunch of butts. And you're like, no, 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 no. This is how yeah. you figure out who your tribe is, yeah. but you got to put yourself out there. So yeah, I so appreciate that you say that. Um, so let's talk about your music. Okay. I am a big fan. Uh, and I know that, you know, you've got a mix of like your original stuff and your play off of, you know, like Daft Punk and, other throwbacks that are just timeless. <laughs> uh, so I'd love to hear about your process in the studio because I know you went from Fruity Loops over to Ableton. You mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I've I've, I've tried them all. So yeah, yeah. It's just whatever's easiest. Ableton's really fast, and I think that works for me. So um, yeah. So the process to writing music. For yeah, um, for yourself. Yeah. Um, I would say for me, like, cause I'm like doing a lot of like throwbacks and I do a lot of remixes that seems to be easiest for me because I find that let's say for instance, a remix, you have uh, stems and you kind of have everything you need in a way already there. It's kind of like laid out. It's like, okay, this is what I'm going to be using from this track. And so you're not really like you're kind of limited in a way you're like, okay, I'm going to be using this, this and this, and then I'm going to expand from there and go see where it takes me. Um, so you're not like kind of wasting time, like, you know, searching for samples or getting inspired. You're kind of like, okay, it's here in front of me. Like, what can I do with this? So like for that the starting process is always like, I'll take something like an element that I think is like kind of, something unique about the track M most of the time it's just a vocal that's like i just take a vocal and i don't even take the whole thing i take like a little sample because i'm kind of lazy and i don't know what to do with the rest of it i'm like okay let's just take like a little eight bar loop and i'll use the whole that's it and i'll kind of like spend quite a bit of time making a hook so like a hook is kind of like a, a drop i guess and once i have like a groove it's like okay that's that's the main part of the song. That's the drop of the song. So from there, I'll go, okay, well, the next most important thing that I think is the arrangement. So I will make, um, using that loop, I'll like expand it out and I'll make whatever arrangement I need to make. A lot of times I just copy other people's arrangements. And then uh, there you go. You have like basically a foundation of a song. So now everything else is just adding to it 
taking it away and kind of like tweaking things, right? So once I get those two down, then it's just kind of like, okay, so this part of the song is going to be the buildup. So it's, it's typical snare rolls, crashes, um, risers, whatever, whatever the hell you want to put in there. So then it's like, okay, that, that one area is that. And once I work on that and I get that done, it's like, okay, now let's move to the next area, which is, I don't know, an intro or an outro. And then pretty soon you have basically a really solid like track that just needs like minor tweaking. So then you come in whenever your next session or whatever, and then you're just like kind of like tweaking things, changing things a little bit, doing a bit of mixing, and then boom, you have a track. Like I'm, I'm really about um, just trying to get it laid out as quick as possible. And then it's just like, okay, now I'm going to do the tedious stuff and like, I have to mix something then I can do that or I can why well, I call it your candy you just like add little elements that make it interesting so I like that. but I, I don't I don't like making loops that's the thing I don't like a lot of producers they just like make they're really good at making a loop yeah. it's like that's great but that's never gonna get you anywhere so oh, that is so interesting that you say that I love that you simplify it I love that you focus on speed and <laughs> What you were talking about before um, about being limited with remixes, the like having those limits though are kind of a pro because it keeps you from just working on elements of the track that you might not even ever use. I know some yeah. people are like, oh, gotta, I got to perfect my drum and then, yeah. <laughs> and then it doesn't even go with the rest yeah. of whatever you end up with. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. I think uh, like the best stuff I've written in my eyes have always been like three hours, you know, like as quick as possible. And it's like, that's cause I just like try to get the whole track as done as quick as I can. And then I might come in like another session and like tweak it a bit, but like there's no point starting a track and you're like, I don't know, playing with a kick drum for like five hours. You're like, that just kills the creativity. It kills your time. It's a waste of time. So where did you learn that technique from? Um, I kind of got it from like writers. Like okay. I like to follow. Okay. So I'm a huge nerd on like productivity, yeah. but I always like, I always look at like Tim Ferriss and yes. Elon Musk is actually like my biggest hero. He's actually my biggest inspiration, not a DJ. It's like people who are kind of like really good at getting things accomplished and done and working hard at it. So I take another, another thing I always do for writing music is I'm trying to always be consistent. So like, I don't believe in writing when you're creative. Like I don't believe like, oh, I'm inspired one day, I'm gonna sit down and write. I think that's bullshit. I think what's important is you are consistent. So for me, I always preach this, I'm not always doing it myself, but I always do like 20 minutes a day. When you think 20 minutes a day, let's say you do one hour and you do that for seven days. You have seven hours in one week of making music. But the thing that's actually the best part about this is it's seven different sessions with like fresh ears, fresh mindset, different creative thoughts. And it just kind of like, it's better because if you, there's so many times I'll do like one full day of like 10 hours and then the next day I'll go back and I'll listen to it 
And I was like, wow, that was a waste of time. That was 10 hours of junk like this, this trash, you know? Whereas if you did it one hour the day before and you go back the next day and you check it out, you're like, okay, this is something I can work with or no, this is garbage. It's crap. And let's move on. Oh, I love that you mentioned that I, because I've heard so many different things and uh, yeah, it's so true. Like giving your ears a break is so important. Even if you are going to have, you know, a few hour session, I would think like every 30 minutes to an hour, like just take a break, go do something else, come back to it. Yeah. yeah I mean, so many of us, we come back to our tracks later and we're like, Oh, <laughs> well, the worst is like when you're producing to like 4am yeah. and you're like, Oh, this is amazing. And then like you wake up the next day and you're super excited and you like, listen, you're like, what this doesn't even make sense that has happened so many times yeah. i think it happens to everyone but yeah. for me especially i can't count the number of times it's happened so well i appreciate the consistency and i i like that you're learning from people outside of your industry i, I feel like that's so important because you get completely different perspectives of stuff that you know we yeah tim ferris especially he's oh yeah i i'm a huge fan of tim ferris yeah. um yeah, like he his his thing was like when he's writing like the four hour work week and yes. all his other books, it's like his goal is to make two crappy pages a day. Yeah. And like so I when I make music, that's how I think. I'm gonna make twenty minutes of crappy music. Yeah. Like I don't say I'm gonna make twenty minutes of good music. It's like yeah. my goal is crap music. But as long as I put twenty minutes in, something eventually over time will come out. Well, maybe this will lead into the answer for my next question. What is something outside of music that you feel like has a huge impact on your career? Um, uh, it, it, I kind of did answer that, yeah. just like how people <laughs> like hard work and being consistent. Um, it's kind of, I always think of it kind of like, I always tell people this too. It's like people who want to get in shape, right? Um, like uh, to lose weight, you can't just do once a week and expect to lose weight. Like you got to do something every day. And so like it being consistent is kind of how I approach music as well. So it's kind of like one thing that I usually use a lot is um, like habits and stuff. So that's kind of a big thing I use. I also like to draw inspiration from like, like a variety of means. So I like, I like to watch like movies and I like to like listen to like music that's not dance related at all. Um, you kind of just like get inspired in a different way, you know, yeah. and like going to shows. And I love going to shows that are not my preference genres. Like I'll go watch the craziest dubstep show yeah. and you just kind of like, I don't know, you come, you come back and you're like, that was a cool sound or something. Maybe I can use that or something, you know, or like maybe this DJ did something really unique that maybe I can incorporate, you know? It's like, don't be limited. Don't be stuck in this little bubble. Like creativity is like anything can give you an idea, you know? So I don't know if that... I love that. Can I answer your question? I, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I'm a total geek. I love consuming content and inspirational stuff and productivity. So I'm just sitting here like, oh my God, okay, I got to look at <laughs> later. Oh, I, I nerd out on this yeah. stuff so much. I'll probably watch this back and be like, oh, what am I, 
What am I talking about? No, no. Well, one of the things I learned because I will nerd out too much is to consume content when I can't create. So if I'm like cleaning or driving or like, you know, uh, doing my makeup, I'll listen to podcasts or I'll listen to interviews because like when else, or I like bring a book with me. So when I have to wait for somebody, like I just finished this book and I'm so happy. (laughs) Yeah. It's a pretty small book, but, um, yeah, cause we we're all so busy. So it's like, how can, how can we consume this and then apply it to our life? So I love that to end off this amazing interview. I would love to hear what uh, people should be watching out for this summer, festivals, events, music, mixes. I have um, got a lot of music coming out this summer. So um, what do I have coming out? You had something just come out, hey? Yeah, I have a remix, I have a remix come out for Shepherd Records. Um, that was for We Are Robots. Um, it's doing quite well right now. Um, I was excited about that one. I have, oh, and I have this Friday, I have a, my first crazy acid techno track that's coming out on uh, late uh, Munchies After Dark, which is a sub label in um, Seattle. And I have my remix for Case of the Mondays that's coming out in end of June, I think. That's a pretty cool track. I hope my mom doesn't hear it because... The lyrics aren't really the best, but uh, <laughs> it was fun. Um, and I have a remix. I have oh, I have a few things coming out on my own label. Um, I'm just trying to like pump out music as much as I can. Um, for a while, I was uh, producing under like a different name. So I look at my Beatport now, and it's like it's got like four tracks that are recent. And then as everything else is like 2012, like Electro House, and it's really bad. So if anyone looks up my name, I'm like, this is so embarrassing. And there's like four tracks that are recent, the rest are just garbage. Um, so I'm just trying to like get as much as I can, fill up my B-port so it, it's more what I do now. Um, and I got signed, there's a collaboration with Branzi. Got signed to a pretty big label. Um, I can't really talk about it right now. Um, more details to come, but it's pretty pretty exciting. I found out, and I was like, "No way!" And he's like, he's super excited about it too. So there's everyone on that label. So we'll see what happens. Uh, shows I have Canada Day. I'm doing a yacht party, and uh, I think I'm doing some other stuff. Just waiting to hear back. I know that's but, the fun part. Hey. The good yeah. things are happening. I just can't tell y'all. <laughs> but the coolest thing is like when I'm making, like the thing I love most is like making tunes. And I love when other people play my tunes. So I might not be at this festival or this party, but I'll get like a video and it's like they're dropping one of my tunes. And I'm like, oh, I feel part of this party now, you know? Oh. And that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. We'll make sure to link everybody with your content. Some of the music will actually be out by the time this interview comes out. So if you're super stoked, that acid track, oh my, oh my bass, that is definitely <laughs> going in an, an upcoming mix that I can't talk about, but. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. 
No, of course. For the rest of y'all that have tuned into the episode today, was there something that Shane said that really stood out to you? Maybe a piece of information you want to apply to your life. Let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear about it and we'd love to hear how you are going to apply it to your life today. As always, make sure you don't let no one kill your vibes.